Now what will it be? Death or exile? All right, we're gonna start with the I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. Should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Worst part of it is they're gonna blame us for the whole thing. And they can't have people knowing the truth. We're the best to Mordecai. The cover-up. Don't forget, we're the exiles. Very well. Death! <laughs> By exile. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of the Film Exiles podcast. I am your host, Manu, and tonight I have the pleasure and the honor to uh, discuss uh, the new Marvel Cinematic Universe film, Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, the follow-up to uh, Avengers Endgame. I have the luck to have two big MCU fans with me tonight. Uh, as you well know, uh, many of uh, the people on our pod are not uh, exactly MCU fans. A few of them are. <laughs> Uh, so uh, tonight we uh, we wanted to bring in different voices who are who feel very positively about uh, this franchise and have them join our uh, join our platform and talk about this this movie. Uh, we have uh, Chris Chris who's back who was with us for our uh, Dark Phoenix pod. Chris, how you doing? Na, 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 na. <laughs> I'm just thinking. I'm sorry. I got the theme song in my head. So I'm all excited. No, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm, I'm doing well, man. I've been traveling for work and stuff, so I'm so happy to be back at home and just be talking comic book movies and watching stuff. And I'm, I'm just thrilled. So thanks for having me back. I'm really excited to be here. Of course, man. It's a pleasure. Uh, people really seem to enjoy you being on the Dark Phoenix pod. So you're doing us a favor as well. <laughs> no, it's a cool audience man i'm really getting a chance to interact with a lot of great people so thank you i'm, gl I'm glad you're enjoying it and uh we're welcoming back steven who uh, was uh with us during our interview for uh his uh pilot which you can now find on amazon prime uh it's uh called hot and nerdy so uh steven how you doing tonight i'm doing great i'm very excited to be back on the show uh, and talking about spider-man <laughs> if you'd like i can hum the theme song to the 1970s spider-man show but i think i'll save everyone the trouble there I mean, go ahead i'm sure that plenty of people will enjoy that <laughs> <laughs> It's like <laughs> very seventies. It sounded so hillbilly. It was great. <laughs> it's like a seventies porn, but with Spider-Man. <laughs> hey man, there, there is no bad version of Spider-Man, is there? Though. You know, uh, some came close, but yeah. <laughs> he said some came close. Okay, great. Well, uh, thank you both again for being here. And uh, uh, let's not stand on ceremony. Uh, we'll start uh, We'll start with our initial thoughts. Uh, we'll try to keep them spoiler-free for now. Uh, Chris, uh, why don't you t tell us what you thought about Spider-Man Far From Home? Thanks, man. Uh, you know what? Before this movie came out, my top three Spider-Man movies were Spider-Verse, Raimi Spider-Man 2, and Homecoming. 
And this movie didn't really change that for me. Now, that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. doesn't mean I didn't like it. Uh, but it, for me, it just didn't quite get into that upper tier of uh, Spider-Man movies. And it, it, for me, it was just it, it was lacking a little bit of something. It, it got a little formulatic, as some of the MCU movies can get, uh, unfortunately. But the performances were great. We had we can get into uh, this conversation a little bit later. It had some really trippy scenes, which were just fantastic. Um, and count me as somebody who was dead wrong about Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, just like I was wrong Ben Affleck being Batman. You're wrong uh, a lot. I, <laughs> <thank> you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Pointed out. The first step to fixing a problem is realizing that you have one. So thank you. You're you guys have a problem. Um, but uh, all joking aside, no, I thought Hall did a wonderful job. He sold Mysterio the way he needed to be sold. Uh, Tom Holland, I know, can be a little polarizing as Batman, uh, as a Spider-Man. But you know what? He He's coming into his own. He brings this youthful kind of exuberance to it, even though he's a guy that can lift a car and crush somebody. Uh, and so I really enjoy what he's been bringing to it as well. Um, final thought I'll say is I think the movie was kind of split into three acts and the first act gave us post end game greatness, if you will. I really got a chance to see what was going on and on a very personal level too, with the people that came back. Uh, the second act got comedy formula, MCU formula, you know, you got the whole you know, guy goes on vacation, trouble follows him. And I was like, all right, I, I, it was fun. It was entertaining, but it was like, come on, really? But the third act. Oh my God, it really, for me, I bought it at home and it was one of the best third acts I've seen in the comic book movie in a while. So, like I said, still not quite in that upper echelon of Spider-Man movies for me, but that, by all means, it does not mean it was a bad movie. I still enjoyed it. Awesome. Uh, Steven, what about yourself? You know, I agree that Spider-Man 2, I think, is my, Raimi Spider-Man 2 is is my favorite Spider-Man movie ever. Uh, and I loved Homecoming. I thought Homecoming was uh, incredible. Uh, I thought, Michael Keaton as the Vulture, you know, just one of my favorite MCU villains. Uh, and I agree, Into the Spider-Verse is, would also be in my top three Spider-Man movies. Uh, but for me, I, I loved this one. I thought it was a ton of fun. I thought the villain was the best villain since in a Spider-Man movie since Doc Ock. Um, he, he just had the, like, you know, Hall was fantastic. And there were just so many layers and interesting things that they were playing with Mysterio. Um, and that costume was killer. I mean, just a comic book brought to life. You know, it really, it looked good on the big screen. It really did. Oh, my God. So cool. Uh, a dream for any Spider-Man fan. Uh, what I loved about it uh, was, A, I could take my six-year-old daughter to see it, and she loved it. Uh, and also that it was a Peter Parker movie. You know, he... For me, uh, on first viewing, I, I didn't feel like he was Spider-Man that much. I felt like this was a movie about Peter. This is a movie about Peter's friends, Peter's crush. And I liked seeing the way Peter reacted to stuff as opposed to, uh, you know, a guy in a Spider-Man costume reacting to stuff. Uh, so, yeah, in general, I think this is up there. I think it needs a couple more viewings before I can say whether or not it's better than Homecoming for me but I, I i loved it it was a ton of fun oh that's awesome um i uh, enjoyed the movie actually i i enjoyed it a lot uh like uh, you both said it's uh it's a fun movie 
And uh, I really enjoyed being uh, on this trip with Peter. And uh, I think that uh, I like the teenagers a lot. I like uh, I like Ned. <laughs> uh, I like Mary Jane a lot. I thought I thought Zendaya did a very good job as as Mary Jane uh-huh. in this movie. I'm glad that they gave her a little bit more to do here than they did in Homecoming. Uh, I, I yeah, like you, you know uh, like uh, Chris said, uh, the uh, most of the second act is is spent uh, in this. Uh, you know, uh, with the humor and uh, the teachers are also really funny as well, kooky and wacky, and uh, all, all that stuff works. Uh, but like Steve said, uh, it's a uh, it's at the at the core of the film is the Peter Parker story, and I think that it that does work in a lot of ways. Uh, Hall is good as Mysterio, and he has uh, he has uh, one scene that I love, uh, and we'll get we'll talk about that uh, once we get over the spoiler wall and. Uh, there are there are, there's some of those uh, trippy Mysterio moments that are incredible to see on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with that said, I think I, I I don't have many many complaints about this movie. I only have one, and uh, we'll we'll talk about it more over the spoiler wall. But it is uh, I do feel that Tony Stark's shadow looms a bit too heavily on this film, a bit too heavily that. on Spider Man, a bit too heavily on Peter Parker. Uh, there's not five minutes in the movie that goes by without Tony being brought up. And I really feel that that's a disservice to the character of Spider-Man because Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. And he, he has, he, he has been part of the Avengers and not, and I feel like he's always been capable of standing on his own. And I feel that, uh, sometimes too much, they pull him back, uh, into Tony's shadow a little bit too much for my liking. But uh, aside from that, I think it's a very enjoyable movie. Uh, like Steve said, you can take your kids to it. Uh, I took my niece and nephew, and they both enjoyed it. Uh, so uh, it's all in all, it's a, it's another really good addition to to the MCU, and um, uh, I'm and I'm uh, and I can't wait for us to like you know start to dig into it uh, because like Steven said, they, there was some very interesting things that. Uh, they did with Mysterio, and uh, I stupidly forgot to put that inside the the show notes. So, <laughs> add on the fly, bro. Uh, on yeah, the fly. yeah. So, thank you, Stephen, for reminding me. <laughs> uh, you're very welcome. We'll just That's squeeze very, that. Very, we'll just squeeze all of that into the Mysterio portion of the pod. Uh, <laughs> sure. So uh, let's uh, let's uh, jump over the spoiler wall. So from here on out, there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen Far From Home yet, uh, well, according to the box office, everybody has. Uh, so if you haven't seen it yet, uh, please go check it out and then come back and listen to us. So um, uh, why don't we begin with, uh, like Chris mentioned earlier, uh, the first act of this movie starts with dealing with the fallout from Endgame. Uh, Steve, well, why don't you talk to us about how you feel uh, the movie handled those part that, that handled it? Well, okay, let, let me start with this. I uh, I love the MCU movies. Uh, I think it's you know the best representation of superhero uh, comic book movies that I've seen, and I've been watching movies a long time. Uh, having said that, I was not crazy about Endgame. Uh, I just felt like that five-year gap uh, where people would disappear and then came back. It's a, it's a big pill to swallow. Uh, there's a lot of what-ifs. Uh, and I felt like this movie, you know, it's, it's a Spider-Man movie. It has to move on. I'm glad that they didn't linger on the endgame stuff. Uh, they gave us that video intro in the beginning with the class, which I thought was, you know, cute and clever. Uh, but you know, for me, I'm just like, 
I saw Ant-Man walking around the streets of San Francisco and they looked like garbage had been piled up for five years. Uh, and, you know, if you've ever been to the DMV, I don't see, you know, your local government quickly picking up your garbage after five years. <laughs> and if you've ever lived in New York, you know, if, sometimes there were like garbage trucks for a week or two and it's like you're walking through a tunnel of garbage on your way to work. Well, I can attest to that. <laughs> so to me, I was just like, they pick up all that garbage in seven months. That was my big. <laughs> I'm just like, how are the municipalities handling all this? Stuff? This is why we need to have Stephen on the problem because his priorities are always where they should be. Well, as a father <laughs> and a homeowner, and well, you said he's got like, kids. Oh, it's, it's you know he's in the right spot. <laughs> like. Yeah, I can buy a guy swinging around on spider webs. I can't buy the city of New York quickly picking up. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, it's it's a weird gap, and I guess they kind of explained that Aunt May disappeared, um, but Happy didn't. Oh uh, no, and... Happy did as well. Happy did as well. No, Happy was wasn't wait wasn't Happy in the beginning of Endgame? Uh, I don't think so. I think Happy disappeared as well. Huh. Chris? I believe so too, yeah. yeah I think I think okay. happy yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. So No no wait. Uh, uh now you guys are gonna kill me. See that's <laughs> You're supposed to be the tiebreaker, Chris. <laughs> and you're wrong a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm you know what, sure. you, you're right. There, you probably there was like a poster with happy. Wasn't there like a happy poster and he wasn't black yeah, but, and white? Uh, I really don't remember, but I feel that like they mentioned in this movie that he was that he was not, that he was blipped. Mm. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, we, should, we definitely <laughs> should before we... Uh... No, he's, no, he's alive. Yeah, Happy according to sci-fi. You know why? Because I remember now that there was a poster with him in color. Okay. Yes. Okay. There was a poster with him in color. I should know more about this as being an MCU fan, so damn me. Damn However, <laughs> I, I am pretty sure I saw a poster with him in color. My man was alive. Okay, great. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we got that settled. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> That, you know, and again, I appreciate that they had to gloss over that because I wanted to get to the Spider-Man movie as well. I sat through three hours of Endgame and that was enough. Uh, twice I sat through it. So I was ready for something new. It's just, it, you know, it, that like that whole five year thing, it, it, like I said, it, it's a lot to take in. Uh, but I think I think they did a pretty admirable job of moving on from that. Okay. Uh, Chris, what about you? I was, I'm actually a little, I think I enjoyed Endgame a little bit more uh, than Steve. Um, doesn't, I had my issues with the movie. For me, the entire second act of that movie was just like total fan service. And it was fun, but come on, we're talking about time travel. So, I mean, if I can, I'm going to be sitting there picking apart Back to the Future. I can pick apart Endgame, you know. <laughs> um, but, I, so, but, I, but I think I enjoyed it a little bit more, especially uh, seeing some of the fallout with the people that were left behind. What I really liked about this uh, with Spider-Man Far From Home was we saw the other side of it as opposed to the people who were snapped, uh, the people who were left behind. We got, a, we got a chance to see what happened. The people who were snapped, it was just basically, okay, they went to sleep and woke up and they come back and they have younger brothers that are older than them. They have parents that are now divorced, a grandmother who has now died, whatever it may be. Now, I agree with Steve. I would like to see a more worldwide you know, ramifications of that. Uh, see what's going on, and you know what happens if somebody was like in an airplane and they got they got dusted during that. Do they reappear where the airplane is? They probably like a body just falls out of the air. So like there's things like that that I you know we're never going to see that I'm sure. 
And if we delved too far into that, we move away from the Spider-Man story, which is what we all wanted to see. And I did like to see the interactions with the students and everything like that, which is really what's more important. Um, so, yeah, I did. I have to say, overall, I liked the way they dealt with that fallout. And I liked the fact that we got, boom, right into Spider-Man. Uh, and we got a chance to see, from that perspective, the people who did get dusted and now they had to return. And they were all young, right? Most of them were kids. We got a couple of them, like Aunt May that were a little older, but for the most part, it was like, let's see what's going on from these kids' perspective. Um, maybe they'll do a, another movie in the future that'll, you know, we'll get that. Maybe it'll be something, a, a streaming thing on Disney Plus that we can see. But for right now, I'm happy with the way they did it, only because we got a chance to really get to the Spider-Man part of it after we saw some of those ramifications and we saw the opposite side. Uh, okay. Um, that's one of the things that I wondered going into the movie is how, uh, how big of a part that would play into it if they would quickly just uh, just uh, jump over it and just jump right into the movie. But I do appreciate that they did take the time to kind of uh, give us uh, an overview. Uh, like you said, they didn't go too deep into it, but they gave us a good overview about like how these kids are handling it, uh, coming back and finding that your younger brother is now older than you. Uh, the 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 wife that pretended to to be to have been dusted, but she was she had gone away the whole time. Um, uh, I think I, <laughs> I think my favorite bit of it was uh, that Aunt May had become uh was uh, was working for this organization that was trying to help people that were dusted find their way back into the world i think that 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 was a very very nice touch uh it's a it's just a very good idea and it's just placed into the film and and uh that was one of my favorite parts of it um uh all in all i think that they they handled it as best as they could because like steve said a five-year jump is a lot. It's a, it's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's, and it would, it's difficult for, I think it's going to be very difficult for the MCU going forward. I'm sure that, you know, they already have an idea of how to best handle it. But uh, I, I do understand the difficulties of it. And I do think that they handled it as best as they could in this movie. Uh, I, did, I really enjoyed the part where uh, Flash was uh, about to drink the champagne. And I'm like, wait a minute, he's 16. And, yeah. <laughs> and Mary Jane is like, he was blipped. So I'm guessing that his ID showed that he was of age. And like, so that, like, you know, like those little moments, I think that do a very good job of, um, of, of, you know, never forgetting the tragedy that took place, but still allowing the film to like breathe and to move forward into this uh, new reality. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, why don't we talk about uh, the progression of uh, Peter Parker in this sequel from uh, where we left him off in uh, Homecoming? Uh, Chris, uh, what is, uh, you want to get us started? Yeah, you know, and, and I know we're going to talk about some of this a little bit later. I don't want to give anything away. I know Tony Stark will will definitely come into this conversation, and, and he should, um, because this version of Spider-Man has relied – I guess heavily, if you will, on some of, uh, of Tony Stark, whether it's Tony Stark tech uh, or whether it's him being more of a father figure because we really don't have an Uncle Ben uh, in this version of Spider-Man. And I guess the last time we really saw Spider-Man by himself, you had Homecoming. And then we saw him fighting a world threat, a universal threat in Infinity War, comes back in Endgame, and you really don't get much of him because he's just in for the final fight, right? That's it. And obviously he's crushed by what happens with Tony Stark. I think a lot of the knock on this version of Peter Parker is that he's basically Tony Stark Jr. He's Iron Man Jr. And they said that a little bit in the movie, too. It's like, who's going to be the next Iron Man? And I think before we bash that, 
Uh, and it's easy to do so because, like you just said, you love Peter Parker, right? You like you love Spider-Man. He's your favorite comic book character. And if they stray too far from those roots, you're instinctively you're probably going to be like, dude, what are you doing? Really? Come on, that's my man. Like you're messing with me here. Like you know, you're screwing my childhood. What are you doing? Uh, it's the way I feel when when the Fox X-Men movies screw around with my X-Men. It's like, you know, don't, don't, don't do that. I do, not, do I, that. I do not do the whole childhood argument though. I will stand by that. I, do, I don't go that far. I do not say you have ruined my childhood. No, I have not done that as of yet. In your defense, I, I got to give you it. It is. Uh, I give you that. In your defense, you have not done that. Um, Going back very quickly to when we did our Dark Phoenix review, we talked about how um, they really couldn't go super cosmic and things like that because that wasn't something that they really built up in that universe up to that point. It would have made no sense to suddenly get the Shi'ar Empire and the Imperial Guard and things like that. In this world, in this universe that we have, Tony Stark, Stark Tech, he started the Avengers, all that. Tony Stark is the man. Everything revolves around that guy. It really does. Whether we like it or not, whether we agree with it or not, whether somebody says the MCU trash is not or it isn't, doesn't really matter because Tony is the man. Just like in the X-Men movies, it was Wolverine, Eric, and Charles. So it makes sense that in this universe that he would be a father figure for Peter and would coach him. He saw the potential in him. So much so that he gave him a weapon of mass destruction. We can handle that at a different time. But, um, uh, but, um, one of the things I liked is they already started just like the comics. He's a genius. Peter is very, very smart. He's still very naive. He doesn't make a lot of money. He's, you know, he, it doesn't look like Aunt May is rolling in it, right? It doesn't look like she's rich. Uh, so they're a middle-class family with a single parent. She's not a parent. I get it, but you know what I mean? And if anything... I believe Far From Home started to show us how he's stepping out of the shadow of Tony Stark. The decisions that he made a couple of bad decisions in the movie, like almost killing you know the guy in the in the bus. <laughs> but uh, he, he is actually stepping out of the shadow of Tony more than anything else. At the end, yes, he used Stark tech, but that's his suit. He created the flight suit and everything. Those were his ideas. He made those decisions in the movie. So I like what they did with this character. I think he is stepping out of the shadow of Tony. Tony is always going to be shadowing everything, I think. He's always going to be overshadowing, probably for the next couple of years, because he meant so much to the Avengers universe, no matter where we go from here. Um, and I like the fact that now they're starting to explore Peter stepping out of that. He has to become his own man, and he's got to decide what he wants to do, and the type of hero that he's going to become. And it looks like he's making the right decisions. We could talk about the very, you know, the, the, post-credit scene reveal later, but I'd like to hear what Steve has to say too. Yeah, well, I, I agree with all of that. And, you know, as a kid who grew up in Marvel Comics, you know, color me surprised that Iron Man was the big breakout. <laughs> because, uh, I could not have been more bored with the Iron Man character as a kid. Uh, I like that. I remember that cartoon premiering in the 90s and, and barely being able to get through it. Uh, but, you know, to this generation, that Iron Man character has so much weight uh, Downey's performance is obviously iconic. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people felt like the Uncle Ben storyline uh, had been done to death. Uh, mm -hmm. Just like, you know, how many times can we see Batman's parents get murdered in Crime Alley? Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I like that they're taking some different approaches with the cinematic universe and not just being beholden to the comic books. Uh, and, and to me, you know, they had this perfect trifecta in the first four phases of Cap, Iron Man, Thor, a little bit of Hulk, 
that's not a trifecta, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> uh, but that trio. And now it's, it feels to me like they're going to set up a new trio as they bring in the new Avengers. Obviously Spider-Man is taking the Iron Man spot. Then you've got Captain mm-hmm. Marvel and, and then Black Panther. And I think that's, to me, that's, in my opinion, that's where they're going. So yeah. it, it's nice to have the Tony inspiration playing uh, into the Peter character. I, I thought that was a nice touch. And you know what, as a, as a side note, just, you know, talking about the comics, too, and whether, you know, Spider-Man has been a part of the Avengers and, or not, or, you know, used tech and or not, he has. And, you know, Spider-Man was part of the Avengers back in the 1990s. I think it was the early 90s. They did a spinoff called The Avengers, um, mm-hmm. and he was part of that in 2005. Uh, he was in the new Avengers uh, that ran all the way to maybe 2013, and I could be wrong about that. Uh, Uncanny Avengers. There is a precedent set in the comic books for him to be a part of the Avengers and be a part of the team. He's never really like an official part of the team. And by the way, man who's right, he can absolutely stand on his own and he should stand on his own probably. However, there is a precedent set where he has been part of a team. He's been an extremely valuable part of the Avengers team. Yeah. uh, Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, he's, he's a top tier character. I I mean, when you think of Marvel, you think of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You know, those mm-hmm. two are, are as intertwined as, as, you know, as Superman or Batman in D.C. So yeah. so, you know, as they move forward into these next phases and as Tom Holland gets a little bit older, uh, you know, I think it makes sense that that Spider-Man would be the next Iron Man, the next guy that leads this franchise into the next three, four phases. Yeah, because he's definitely when you take a look at what they've tried to do with the Sony deal and stuff like that, getting Spider-Man back or at least the ability to use him was paramount. They were like, we need to get this guy. He is, he, if people don't really even know every character that exists in Marvel, they know Spider-Man. Spider-Man is the guy. And he, you know, we've all watched the cartoons and he's been a member of every video game that's come out. Um, he's, and he's an inspiration in a lot of ways. And I think what we were talking about a couple minutes ago is definitely true. He's seen too, as the guy that fights paycheck to paycheck. He's so torn with, for the love of God, I have to eat but I want to save all these people. He's not like Bruce Wayne. He doesn't have this infinite amount of money to dip into. He's like one of us. And um, I, I think that that's really important for who he's been. Now, in the, in the comics, he has used tech. He's used tech from Hank Pym and, and Stark Tech and a couple of other things. So, there again, there's a precedent there. Uh, but, yeah, Spider-Man, I think, is really important for, for kids. He's important for us, as uh, me as a very you know old person. Uh, he's, he's important to, to me. I always love him. I, I love the PS4 version of Spider-Man, too. I thought it was great. That was a great game. It was. It so was. Spider-Man is – it was. He's going to be here to stay, man, no matter what happens. The deal dies in the next couple of years and Sony gets him back. doesn't matter. Spider-Man's going to – he's going to continue. Uh, I, I, I uh, agree with the both of you, and I honestly do believe that it is – uh, as uh, if you're Kevin Feige, this is the way through. This is the way to establish the future, establish the next generation of of Avengers. Uh, but when when I'm talking about uh, the shadow of Tony Stark, I'm saying that the filmmakers at points in this movie go out of their way to to almost make peter look like tony like they they give him a pair of glasses then there's that scene where he after the during the whole bus thing and his hair is all of a mess uh and and then at the end when he's uh, at the back of the ship and he he's like building his own suit it's it's straight out of iron man one 
You know, and again, I understand the importance of RDJ on this franchise. I understand the importance of Iron Man in this world, in this world that is the MCU. But again, for me, Spider-Man is Spider-Man. So sometimes to see him, um, I find it very jarring to see him uh, reunite, like, like just being forced into this, this uh, Tony-sized hole at times. Yeah. Well, and, and not to not to jump ahead, but that mid credit sequence is like the Funhouse mirror version of the Iron Man ending. <laughs> <laughs> yes, instead of like, it being I am really Iron Man, and he is Spider Man. I see. That's a yeah. very good. That's a really good point. I hadn't even thought about that. That's that's yeah. That's a, yeah, both of them having their identities uh, revealed to the world. One made the choice, and then the other one, the choice was made for him. And, but I do, I do think that that's one of the things. Also, in this movie, there are moments when they they clearly show that he is not Tony. Uh, he's not Tony. Like at the beginning, where he gets flustered by being surrounded by people, and he's not used to being in the cameras. Like I think that those moments are there to remind you that he's not Tony. But again, there's just for me, there's just too many moments where they're trying to force him down this uh, this uh, this path. Yeah, and I would, you know, I can understand where you're coming from because even as, you know, an MCU fan, I still saw it. And I'm not saying I was 100% comfortable with it. I understood it. Uh, in some ways, I even really liked it because, like Steve was saying, you got to look at who's going to carry the torch moving forward. And a guy who's young and people seem to really like as Spider Man, there you go. There's the guy. Um, but you're right. There were a little, I like the fact that he, like, dropped the glasses, you know, things like that. <laughs> they, they were little, there were little nods that, you know, he's awkward. Tony is never awkward. Tony, and if he is awkward, it's because he wants to be awkward, mm -hmm. right? So it's, I meant to do that. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's Tony. Um, and poor Peter, he's never like that. I mean, he's such a goofball. You know, it's just it's how he is. And, and it, it's, it's one of the reasons that he's lovable. So I see what you're saying. I do. I think in many ways, he is so far removed from who Tony is and what he's been. But in a lot of ways, yeah. And, and what is that? That kind of goes back to something that we've talked about before is that comfort factor that the MCU gives you, right? Mm -hmm. Like you step into it, you're like, eh, I feel kind of safe, you know? You, you put your arms around me because I like, I like this. Um, <laughs> and I think, I, I think sometimes the MCU plays into that, and it's like, come on, guys, come home. We're, don't worry, we're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of you because we, we, we got a new guy for you to back, you yeah. know? So <laughs> You'll be okay, even if we try to blow up this teenager on a bus. <laughs> You'll still be okay. <laughs> Yeah, we just gave a 16-year-old uh, basically something that out outguns every nuclear weapon on the planet. But no, no, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. <laughs> that drone came down. I'm like, what is about to happen? Like, how how did we get here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, Steve, do you, do you have anything to add about uh, uh, about uh, Peter's arc in this movie? Uh, you know, uh, for me, w what I loved about it is that he really is just a kid, which, you know, I think the Tobey Maguire movies glossed over high school a little bit. Uh, I think uh, we were in high school for maybe 45 minutes in that in the first Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like 45 yep. minutes. Yeah. And, you know, like, I like that he makes decisions that a 16-year-old would make. Uh, and, and I thought that kind of <laughs> informed his storyline. Yeah, he's awkward. <laughs> Uh, he's more concerned with the girl that he likes than with <laughs> saving the world, which is, you know, 
if you read the 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 Spider-Man comics from the '60s and '70s, that's what it's always about. He's yeah. always balancing his you know kind of Archie comics romantic life with <laughs> fighting bad guys. And I thought they did a really good job of portraying that as how a modern 16-year-old would handle the situation. I, I love the scene where he's at the opera house and he has to, he has Nick Fury yelling in his ear, like, come on, we need you to go fight. And and he doesn't want to leave MJ because he knows that Brad is going to make his move. <laughs> exactly. uh, and like like you said, like that 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 is Peter Parker. That's That's his struggle. And I really felt that in that moment. Yeah. And, you know, and the other thing I liked was... What what is also Peter Parker is he has this moral code that that he inherited from initially Uncle Ben and now it seems to be Iron Man, where he does feel this pull that he has to do the right thing no matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, there are and now he's starting to absolutely now he's starting to feel it himself. Maybe that was coming from some sort of value or moral system that was given to him by his uncle, his aunt, and Tony to some extent, right? Uh, but this is coming from within. This is him. And uh, and that's that's another thing that I think is important. Yeah, there was a lot of, again, there was a lot of Tony influence. But um, a lot of what Peter did in this movie was him making these decisions. And maybe they were stupid and maybe he shouldn't have followed his hormones. <laughs> you know, and he should have. <laughs> but I, I, would, I would probably follow my hormones if I was. I, I, I am not mad at him. I, I thought that, like like Steve said, he's a kid and his decisions are perfectly rational to, to a 16-year-old. Like, who, yep. who, like on, who, if you, at 16-year-old, who would want <laughs> that responsibility uh, uh, of, of, you know, uh, uh, the responsibility of having those glasses. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's yeah. a huge responsibility for a 16 year old kid. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it was a huge responsibility for Tony Stark and it, it and you know, <laughs> and like happy said, he, he was a mess himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tony had PTSD. He yeah. was a mess. He was a mess before what happened in Avengers. He was more of a mess after. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, oh, yeah. Tony was always, he always had an internal struggle. Always. Always. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Chris, do you have anything to add? No, I, th- I think we covered it pretty well. Um, let's just see where Peter goes from here. You know, I mean, it, it looks like he's going to be getting another movie on his own, and you know the MCU. They'll probably throw him in somehow if they can get the uh, if they can get the contracts to work out and the the agreements and stuff with Sony. So since both sides seem to be making money, uh, I'm guessing that uh, we will see Peter more of Peter Parker moving forward. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how he grows and hopefully becomes one of the leaders of this franchise. Uh, yeah, so uh, why don't we talk about his adversary in this movie, uh, Quentin Beck, <laughs> also known as Mysterio, uh, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Steve, what are your thoughts on the villain in this film? Well, you know, again, I love Mysterio in this movie. You know, when you're when you see that fishbowl helmet in comic books, you you think that's really goofy. <laughs> I don't know how the hell they'd ever put that in the movie. <laughs> and they put it like they put it in this movie, and it was so cool and and. I just thought, you know, they, they nailed that. Uh, and I, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. He's such a weird performer. He is. Uh, <laughs> he can't help know, himself. He's, <laughs> he's so quirky. Like, you know. I in his think, DNA, man. <laughs> I think of, you know, his his turn in, in the movie Nightcrawler. Yes. Yeah. Where he's just like this creepy, you know, makes you uncomfortable kind of guy. And for him to kind of go back and forth between that in this movie to be this totally charming uh, you know, oh, a superhero type. You know, I, I know he read for the role, or not that he didn't read for the role of Captain America. He was outright offered the role of Captain America, turned it down, 
and you know you could see a, a universe where he played one of the lead heroes in these movies uh and then you also see him turn a dime and become the creepiest weirdest <laughs> villain <laughs> this like depraved individual uh <laughs> and i thought that was so neat i, I do think it, it's funny they they kind of have this ongoing trope in in the marvel universe with these people who were burned by the Starks or the Stark family. <laughs> uh, it's and another like, one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Whiplash and uh, uh, Killian and Iron oh, Man 3. And Vulture like and Homecoming. The, Vulture and Homecoming as well. Yeah. It, it's almost like the Batman Forever turn where... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's exactly what I thought when he was like, <laughs> Tony Stark fired me and he said that I was unhinged. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. He said, give Joel Schumacher some credit. That was a pretty <laughs> cool moment. Uh, so that will be the only credit I ever give him. That's oh, <laughs> come on. Batman Forever was not that bad. <laughs> I, 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 Batman and Robin was. So okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so to kind of take it back, so the you know the, the trailers make it seem like he's a hero, uh, and obviously, so, I mean, should we talk about the kind of that mid, that like the mid movie turn? Oh uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. So yeah, I mean that. So that you know that they basically set up that Mysterio is this new hero. He's fighting the elementals. He has this tragic backstory, and he comes from the multiverse. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, an alternate dimension. So they're setting up the multiverse in the Marvel Universe. And it turns out that that's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> all of it and, bullshit. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and I mean, you know, us, as guys who, who know that Mysterio is a bad guy, we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. Yep. Right. But they handled that so well. Like, that scene was so funny and so weird. that all of a sudden... <laughs> Oh, the bar, like the whole thing, the bar. Yes. So when the bar yeah, that was, disappears, <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> really was. And you're right, by the way. And I don't want to interrupt you, so keep your thought. But I no, will. No, 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 please. Like, I'll say one. It was just. It really was played with just this very awkward perfection. Um, and you're right. If you know Mysterio, you know what's coming eventually. But I, I just one of those weird. This was a movie where I didn't go with a whole group of people. I just went with my wife and. We looked at one another. We're like, "What the hell did we just watch?" Like, it was just really. It was a very strange scene, but it was perfect for that movie. My perfect niece was like, movie. "What the hell just happened?" Like, that was her reaction. Right? He was like, "Wait, he's a bad guy!" Like, oh. <laughs> and, and and again, I think that that's that's Gyllenhaal because, like you said, Stephen, like he plays that that uh, good guy, charming guy, so well. Uh, you know, never never apologize for being the smartest guy in the room. Uh, and and he and he seems to genuinely like and care about Peter. Uh, even after the turn, he still doesn't want to hurt him, you know. And um, yeah. And, and when he does the turn, you really. And, and when he does the turn, and you see the backstory that that uh, Stark cheated him badly and renamed his uh, his the the work of his life Barf, which is something <laughs> that Tony Stark would absolutely do because he's just that guy. You know, um, I, I think that uh, he he handled it so well that you, if you don't know who Mysterio is, that moment completely takes you away. Totally. And he added so many weird touches, like in the third act when he was his cape was being ironed. <laughs> yeah. And that was of equal importance to 
fighting Spider-Man. Just like the level that Hall played that at, where it's like, well, you got you to get the wrinkles out. Come on. Uh, my, <laughs> my favorite moment of his is when uh, when he tells, uh, when Peter says, uh, Mr. Beck, and he's like, I'm Mysterio. And he has this like <laughs> weird glint in his eye, and you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> like, I, that, like that that moment was was so spot on. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And and you know, you bought him as the new father figure in Peter's life for the for the first half of that movie. Yeah, you did. And I think that that also uh, Holland, because him and Holland actually play well off of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. They play well off one another. And you're right. That particular scene had like a like a very kid kind of excitement to it. He was, you know, he's like, yeah, I am Mysterio. So, you know, like it was, I liked the way he did it. Um, and, and Gyllenhaal, as I said, you know what? Uh, I hate, cause I'm wrong again, Manu, of course. So you have to, you have to point out that I'm wrong yet again. Um, but I, you know what he was, I believe if I'm not mistaken, Jake was supposed to replace Tobey Maguire for Spider-Man two. That of course never happened. And Tobey continued uh, all the way through Spider-Man three. So, and then there were remember there were rumors not too long that's, ago. That's, that's what happened in that's what happened in Entourage. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, See, what, that's what happened in Entourage, yeah, because Vince didn't come back for the Aquaman sequel, so Jillen Hall took his spot. Hate <laughs> <laughs> in life, man. It's art. Uh, you know what? Do you guys remember for a while ago there were rumors going around that he was the new Batman? That yes. Jillen Hall was gonna be yeah. Batman. Yes. So he's been talked about as a superhero or in a superhero movie for quite a while. Um, and while I do, I will acknowledge that he's a good actor. Me, myself, I've never been a huge fan of his. And I, I really liked him in the movie. I thought he was, and since we're in spoiler territory now, yes, if you know who Mysterio is from the comics, um, you know there's a turn somewhere. It's, it's got to be coming. And maybe they're not going to do it in this movie. Maybe they're going to do it in the next movie, whatever it is. But Mysterio is going to be a dick. At some point, right? So he's going to turn around. He's going to screw you over because Mysterio's powers are basically Loki level, just without that Norse god stuff. Yeah. Right. So that, and he is just the mat. Now, I didn't like some of the little changes that they made. Uh, you know, in the, in the comic books, uh, he's kind of like a failed actor who's really, really good with special effects. And just like Steven said, you know, we go back now. It's we got Stark again, right? So Stark screwed him somehow. So now he's pissed off at Tony Stark. So he takes it out in the world, and I'm going to get mine, right? So, but I like the way that he played that unhinged factor that Mysterio has in the comics, and, and you know, as he becomes part of uh, a larger universe and starts doing some really terrible things, he's a little unhinged, man. There's something wrong with him, and he played. He made everyone around him think that he was the good guy and he was the father figure and he was legitimately from a multiverse and he had all these cool special effects and powers. And uh, they even made the fishbowl look good on his head. So, I mean, you know, you know what more can you ask for? Um, so, yeah, I was really happy with what and his turn, like you guys just said, he sold it well. He really he, he sold it well and became sinister, for lack of a better word, because I know we're talking, you know, the enemies with Spider-Man and then we get to the Sinister Six. Um, but he became sinister quickly. And the very end, if you guys know what I'm talking about, in the in the very end of the third act, when Spidey, you know, we'll get to the, the spider senses later. And Spider was coming more in Spider-Man was more, uh, in, I guess you could say he was getting more comfortable with that. Yeah. That very end, he played that scene really well. Jalen Hall played that fake out extremely well yeah he did so, yes. yeah, I would, yeah he did so I'm, I'm really happy with him he he surprised me in a positive way and i like the way they handled mysterio as a spider-man and, and a comic book fan seeing him on the screen like that and brought to life by a good actor who respected the the character and didn't you know took the source material and everything i was happy man that, that was a good turn 
The only thing that uh, would have really like put Mysterio up for me uh, is like I really wish again that he wasn't that his uh, issue. I, I thought it was cool that it was you know linked to Tony in some way, but again, I feel like uh, just like how I felt with Homecoming with Vulture, it's again a villain that has an issue with Tony, and Peter is just in the middle of it all yeah. you know like I, I really want I would have really liked it if uh, this was more it felt more like this was Peter's villain and not again not yet once more a villain of Tony Stark's that he had to deal with you know you raise a good point it seems like in this universe they're starting to build up to the Sinister Six right mm-hmm. because you got Vulture and they got Mysterio and the, the big thing with the Sinister Six is how much they hate Spider-Man yeah right so Doc Ock he puts it all together because Spider-Man and they hate him Whereas so far, these enemies have been, well, you know, Spider-Man was just kind of there, but Tony Stark made me who I am. Yeah, exactly. Again, I know what you guys, and we've all said it, the three of us have said it, it fits in this universe. However, at the same time, if you're a true Spider-Man fan, yeah, you're looking at that and being like, "Mm, you know what, I think I need the next enemy to really, I need him to be going after Spider-Man because he hates Spider-Man, not Tony. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, <laughs> before we move on, uh, I, I really want to talk about uh, his entire motivation and his his point of view about how people need somebody to believe in. Uh, and and this is uh, one thing the movie did that I that I liked a lot is this idea that uh, Tony's no longer here. There needs to be a replacement. Uh, and uh, I feel like uh, his character arc played well into that. This idea that people will believe anything. And how that plays into our very real world today. How um, all you need to do is is just a little bit of of uh, misdirection, uh, a little bit of false information, and the world is basically tilted on its axle. Uh, how do you guys think that that was played into the movie? Uh, Stephen, uh, uh, Stephen, go ahead. Sure, yes, Stephen. Yeah, well, you know, it was. I loved how relevant it was, and I think the mid credit scene, obviously ties into the <laughs> world today. Uh, but, you know, first of all, we have, it was almost like Mysterio was a deep fake. This kind of, you know, you, you see him on, on camera and you believe what's happening just because you, you see it. Uh, and and you don't think about how he's manipulating you. And then, yes, there, there's this whole argument about what is truth and what mm-hmm. do people want to believe? And, and people just, you, you know, you, you, can, you can look on the internet now and obviously... That this was kind of this has kind of been the story of the last four years, where mm-hmm. you know you're being fed information through Twitter, through social media, and you have to figure out how to decipher it. And some people don't want to figure out how to how to decipher it. They want to believe. They they are so you know deeply held in their beliefs that they'll let themselves be manipulated, and mm-hmm. and that was kind of the Mysterio angle where it's like people want to believe in a hero, so I'm giving them a hero. I'm giving them an Avengers level threat, and mm. and because of that, they're going to believe in me because they won't want to believe in me. Uh, and yeah, and then you know to to jump ahead, obviously there was kind of this Alex Jonesy take yeah. on <laughs> on yes. James, uh, James yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's the, <laughs> kind of deathly relevant right now. Uh, so they did a really good job of 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 making me think about that. But not making it so heavy that a kid would get lost in it yeah. and be like, hey, what's what's going on right now? Like, why are they talking about <laughs> what is truth and what is fiction? And 
you know, if you're if you're informed, you know, that's going to play into the way you interpret the story. But if you're not informed about it or don't think about it, you can still enjoy Mysterio. Uh, Chris, go ahead. I, I agree. I think that um, even though we're talking comic book movies and we're talking about dudes that have claws in their hands or, uh, you know, <laughs> or, uh, or women that have been experimented on by a infinity stone. And now all of a sudden they have psych, you know, psychiatric, all these powers. OK, whatever. Uh, so, you know, even though we're talking about all those things um, and a super soldier that was frozen for 80 years, the coolest part <laughs> of comic book movies are when they bring it into our world. Right. Um, one of the things that was so great about Logan was how visceral and real that movie felt, right? That yes, we have clones and yes, there's mutants and all that kind of stuff, but that felt so real and it punched you in the gut. Now this movie wasn't meant to be that way. And I understand that, but some of the coolest parts are when you can truly relate to what's going on. And I think a kid, I'm no, I'm very far away from 16, uh, but I think that a kid can absolutely relate to what what Peter's going through, going on this vacation, uh, and and having to make these horrible decisions that a kid should not have to make when all he wants to do is have fun. And then in addition to that, you have the commentary on our current the current world that we live in with the technology that we have. I'm trying to stay away from the political conversation here, so I'll, I'll try to stay away from it. But no matter where you fall, no matter what side of the aisle you fall on, I think we can all agree. Your dad, Steve, right? Oh, yeah. It's a scary world that you're raising your kids in when they can see anything online, share anything online, have anything fed to them. Any narrative that I want to believe, if I'm far left or far right, all I got to do is follow some of those groups. And if they send me a couple of headlines, oh, I'm just believing what they say. I don't care about anything else. I'm not double checking. And I want someone to save me. Please, for the love of God, make me feel safe. I want to feel safe. And I will give up my civil liberties and everything like that in order for me to feel safe. And this movie, very, not a lot, but just enough to touch on it for somebody who was watching it to go, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? And 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 I and that, again, I think that's one of the coolest parts of some of, whether you're talking about the DCEU, X-Men CU, I don't care what it is, you know, the MCU, when they bring those parts home, they're some of the best parts of these movies. And you're right, I like the allegory that Mysterio was. He was a commentary on our current state of affairs, and definitely that mid credit scene was was ripped right from what we've been seeing on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> over the last couple of years. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, it hit home, and I, and I think it's a very good observation, guys. I really do. Um, and and to, to that point, I feel like, you know, The Dark Knight, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, I think two of the best comic book movie, movies ever made, also hit on what was going on in the world at that time. Uh, you know, again, Dark Knight's about giving up your civil liberties just to catch a bad guy. Uh, yep. And, and you know, Winter Soldier is about very similar themes as well. And I that mean, paranoia that we have, you yeah. know, I mean, the Winter Soldier played on that constantly is that paranoia that we feel. And if, if you remember that movie, there were no laser beams or anything like that in that movie. It was machine guns and it was people punching the crap out of each other and getting hurt. Yeah. And the, the feeling that, yeah, they're legitimately in danger this time. And if they're in danger, then our world is also in danger. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And I love, I love that they tie in the, the real world. I mean, you know, Black Panther definitely had some some themes, uh, uh, you know, that that feel so relevant and feel so important that it feel, you know, it 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 adds another level to it, which uh, I appreciate that they do that. 
Uh, that's great, guys. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, like Those insightful thoughts are always welcome here. Uh, and just uh, before we move on, I just want to tell Chris that you failed miserably on not bringing in the political stuff. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to stay in the middle. I didn't take a side. I wasn't, you know, I'm not pro-left, pro-right. I'm just saying, hey, man, this is how it is. That's you're, it. you're wrong as always. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go watch first class? Uh, <laughs> is, is there a first class debate that I'm missing? <laughs> <laughs> Off the pod, man. We'll tell you. Off the pod. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, um, uh, one of the most talked about uh, elements of this film was that uh, amazing sequence uh, where Mysterio drives uh, Peter into one of his illusions. Uh, why don't you guys, uh, let's talk about that. Uh, Steve, uh, what did you think about that sequence? You know, it was just <laughs> visually just stunning. Uh, you know, just those images were so comic book, you know, they were, they were such comic booky images like that. The, the multiple Spider-Mans piling on top of him, Iron Man rising oh, yeah. out of his grave. That was it my was favorite. Just, the Spider-Man. Oh my the god! Iron it, Man, it yeah. Just, yeah, and, and oh, the yeah. fact that he couldn't tell what was real and what was fake up till that, you know, the the part with, I mean, the ending of that sequence is just like, <laughs> just when you think it's over, it just punches you right in the face. Absolutely, uh, very clever. That that was really clever because they got me. Totally. <laughs> they they totally, totally got me when when uh when Nick Fury came up it was like who else knows who else knows I'm like wait that's it he's dead and, <laughs> and, and then and then they just and then it's it's still part of the illusion uh they I was they completely got me uh, yeah it, it felt like one of those nightmares that you have where you think you're at you, you think you've woken up in bed and you're like oh thank yeah God that nightmare is over <laughs> and then and then and then the nightmare is still going on you're still in the nightmare that's what it felt like times ten like every time you think it's over. It just it just keeps going. And, and I think that's kind of what made to me. I feel like they went. They took Mysterio to the highest level they could take Mysterio uh, just with that sequence alone. I just thought it was so cool. It, it's it, he's such a great villain. And I, I hope there, that we see more of him in these movies. Awesome. Uh, Chris. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, like we were saying towards the beginning, I, I felt that the second act of that movie was starting to get a little formulatic and, and we were like, okay, here we go again with, you know, they're getting a little heavy on the jokes and stuff like that. And it's getting very goofy, even though we had a couple of really, you know, cool scenes with like the, uh, the Ferris wheel. But from that moment on, I, I really loved it. That whole third act, that scene. Uh, look, we've had some pretty visionary directors, right. That make comic book movies. I don't care if you're talking about the Russo brothers, Zack Snyder, Christopher Nolan, these, these people have made phenomenal movies. And have the way they can take a comic book and show it on the screen in a, in a way that will believe it, the way it actually looks like a comic. So it looks like we're reading a comic book and we're watching, watching it on the screen, right? That scene, even saying all that, is like a top five comic, uh, comic book movie scene for me. It really is. They, it was trippy. It was frightening. I mean, I, I wasn't sitting in my, scare, in my, in my uh, chair scared by it. But it was a frightening scene. You guys mentioned the Iron Man return. He was rotting. If yeah. you if you take a look, the, the 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 helmet was off, and he was rotting underneath of it, and underneath it, and everything. And the the uh, the gauntlet came out of the green smoke. It was ripped right out of the comic books and what Mysterio is capable of in the comics. And it it truly showed the kind of trickster that he that he is. 
even one-upping what Loki can do and showing the kind of enemy that Mysterio could potentially be and hopefully will continue to be in the universe because I think we don't 100% know exactly what happened to him at the end, and we'll get to that later. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I think it won up what they did in Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange had some really cool trippy scenes in that. It, it showed what they're capable of. I really hope we see more of it because, man, it, it is definitely top five comic book scene for me, comic book movie scene. It was real, done really well, I really also, well. I also liked when uh, he uh, held uh, Mary Jane. And he was about to throw oh, her God. off the roof. That that, like you said, that kind of uh, remind me of the, uh, Gwen Stacy's death from the comics. I think that they were trying to evoke that uh, that memory in like you know people who who read the comics and like I, I like, the moment that I saw him holding her like that. That's what I thought about right away. And then he like drops her and then he jumps after her. Uh, that's I really I really really enjoyed that as well. And man, you know, going back to not only that, not just being a trickster. He's legitimately playing on Peter's fears. Yes, because like, Peter's confided in him so much. Mm-hmm. He knows everything that goes through his mind, and he uses it against them. Exactly. Yeah, he's not just throwing a couple tricks and then, oh, he just suddenly disappears or he makes himself look like a guard. He's legit <laughs> playing on every little thing that's, that Peter is afraid of or is afraid of failing. Somebody, you know, he's losing someone. Someone's going to die on him. Every single fear that he's got. High school, he's pushing it, right? like he's oh, like going through everything. the house of the high school and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, yeah. It one up a lot of scenes that we've seen, even in the, you know from the MCU. I don't care what it is, it's one up a lot of scenes. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, all good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's uh, 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 what did you guys think about the fact that he used the 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 Peter Tingle? Is that <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is a sequence that I enjoyed a lot as well uh, when uh, he has to uh, trust his his instincts because he can't believe what anything that he sees. I think that that's a great sequence by John Watts. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, uh, and it's a great, it's a great way to introduce that. The, the Peter, yeah, go ahead, Steve. I'm just saying it, it's a great way to introduce the Spidey sense. Uh, it was just a clever, you know, obviously they joked around about it and made it funny, but then they they used it in a way where it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Which, my, my only thing is like, uh, it was there at the beginning and then it wasn't. And then it felt like it, it's a power that kept coming and going, but they never really, uh, they never really confirmed that. And then happy said it throw in a throwaway line. And I, I just feel like there was more going on with it than we got to see in the movie. Yeah. I, I guess we'll see how they develop it. Uh, Chris, what about you? Yeah, I'm the same. I think it, I, I agree with you on, on that point, Manu. I, we do have to see how it, how it develops. It was a little strange how it came and went. Uh, Shades of Spider-Man Two, mm-hmm. uh, in that one, you know, it, it all you know, he just didn't have confidence in himself, so all of a sudden he couldn't use his powers and stuff. I was like, come on. Uh, as much and you, and I told you how much I love Spider-Man Two. The Spider-Man movie's great, great, but it's great. Um, but uh, what that that scene talking about the, the tingle i can't keep calling it the spidey tingle <laughs> um, uh, but that <laughs> that actually um in addition to what you guys said i like how it harkened back to our earlier conversation about uh the development of peter parker um because he's developing his spider sense if you will now like both of you said, we don't necessarily have a full explanation of how it came and went or why he didn't have full control over it. I think I'd like to see a little bit more of that. However, the fact that he was able to use it to get out of the Mysterio illusion, it's showing that he's got a little bit more grasp. There's still powers that Spider-Man has that maybe we're not aware of yet. 
he may be stronger than we think. And the spider sense is what that's like a key power for him in the comic books, right? I mean, it, it you know, the spider, spiders know when to run away when you're about to step on them, right? So it, it is a it's a key power for him. Um, and I love the way he used it during that scene because it does it, it, it's part of his character development, it really is. I just wish they gave us a little bit more as to why it kind of came and went on him. Great. Uh, so uh, why don't we talk about uh, the remaining, the other casts of characters that uh, are along on uh, Peter's sequel adventure? Uh, Chris, uh, anybody else that stood out to you besides uh, Peter and Mysterio? I, I really hope I'm pronouncing it. Is it Zendaya? Zendaya. Zendaya. Okay. How dare um, you? I am a jerk. <laughs> Something I'm else wrong. that you got wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it's great. That's 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 excellent. Uh, it's great. I'm forced to watch first uh, first class now. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I'll be forced to watch Origins Wolverine. That's what I'll be forced. <laughs> oh God, please no! <laughs> Steve, um, that's gonna be the next spot we have you on for. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let's just torture Chris for two hours. Uh, that's, <laughs> um, you know, she got. Uh, I don't know. I guess maybe I do know why. If you take a look at, you know, social media that we were just talking about, she got a lot of flack. Um, there's all kinds of reasons why uh, I think most of them are ridiculous. I really liked what she brought to it. She, to me, got more to do in this movie. We got a chance to see a little bit more of her quirkiness. I liked the fun nerd that she brought to it. Um, you know, she's MJ. They never particularly ever call her Mary Jane, right, in the movie. Um, but she's MJ. Uh, I like the relationship that she has with Peter. I like that. She's always kind of playing like she knows a little bit more than everybody else, but maybe she doesn't really know more than anybody, everybody else. And sometimes she's just as vulnerable as the other kids are. Uh, so that humanizes her character a little bit and she stepped a little bit more out of her shell in this movie. So yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about her cause I really appreciated what she brought to the movie. Also Ned, Ned was, Ned was funny in this. He wasn't just the guy in the chair, uh, you know, and, uh, but he's still his guy he's in the chair. <laughs> and you know, it was cool having with his relationship because that's kind of how high school relationships are right. They're there and they're gone. That's it. It's over. We went through the entire range of emotions in a week. I love you. We're, we're going to be together forever. No, nah, we're cool. We're done. Uh, you know, and, and that, you know, that's a high school relationship. And I had a couple of girlfriends like that in high school. So, you know, I thought that was cool too. And, and I, it was fun to see. So those two, eh, I, I was a little sad that we didn't get a chance to see more of Aunt May. So if I can make a call out that, uh, Hey guys, give us a little more Aunt May in the next movie. <laughs> uh, Steven, what about you? I agree with all of those points. I, I love Zendaya as MJ. Uh, she's not a real character. Uh, you know, and, and their relationship was so cute. Uh, you know, it was just so sweet and, and like not, you, you know, that he just wanted to hold her hand, sit next to her on, on the plane. It was just so, so nice. Uh, and I thought the stakes, while they seem low, I can believe they would be high for a 16-year-old, and they played off each other so well. They had such a, such a natural chemistry. Uh, and I, I, you yeah. know who I loved was Martin Starr as the teacher. Um, <laughs> I'm a huge Freaks and Geeks fan, uh, and I thought Martin Starr <laughs> and J.B. Smoove were so funny in those scenes. <laughs> so, you know. I still I still don't know how he dropped his camera in the water because I thought he yeah. had it and then he still found a way to drop it. Yeah, you knew it was happening. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. There was no way you could not. Uh, and, you know, it's nice to see Sam Jackson in a uh, in, a, in a in a in a Marvel movie with an eye patch again. Uh, that was uh, fun to see. 
Uh, and that twist involving his character makes me want to go back and uh, and rewatch it and see. Now you want to see clues. it again. Yeah. Yeah. Now you want to see it again. I want to see if there's clues around. And the more my wife and I were thinking about it, she was like, you know, there are a couple. I yeah. Like, oh, at I, one I, point, I, him and Hill are talking about uh, undercover Crees. But I, I just notched that up to Sam Jackson, uh, to Nick Fury knowing everything. Exactly. And remember, and it, because it fits with his character. Yeah. And the whole Captain Marvel line is a throwaway line, but it makes more sense now. Don't yeah, you invoke her name? Don't, yeah, because I, I thought that line was weird. I'm like, wait, what is, what is, <laughs> is that Nick Fury? Like, I know that he likes Carol, but damn, like, that's a little bit. Because he said invoke. Don't invoke her name. Like, yeah. that's. There's there's a lot of weight to that, you know. That's strong. That is strong. That is very strong. Uh, I I have to agree with both of you. I really really like Zendaya in this role. Uh, I don't know if you guys have checked out Euphoria on HBO as of late. Because of this, I want to. Uh, <laughs> but she's uh, but she's she's very very good. She's uh, uh, she's uh, really grown as an actress, uh, and. Uh, she, she's really good in this. Uh, I, I don't have kids, but I have a niece and nephew that I spend a lot of time with. And Dave, my niece, has been a big fan of Zendaya. So I, I've watched her for years, back to when she was... Uh, before Casey Undercover, she had this other Disney Channel show with Bella Thorne. Oh, my God. The other exiles are going to listen to this and mock me, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you like what you like, man. Yeah. <laughs> for that. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, seeing her uh, in Euphoria and this, like you can really see the how much she's involved as an actress. And, uh, and it's, it's really great to see her getting more to do in this franchise. I thought she was really good in this because I didn't particularly like her in Homecoming. So uh, mm-hmm. this this was a, definitely a step up for me. Um, uh, Aunt May was great. I think Marisa Tomei looks wonderful. And uh, I just like her energy. Like, she's just always smiling and positive and happy. And, and, um, and, and um, I think that that's really important for Peter with all that he has to deal with to kind of have her as this like stabilizing presence in his life uh and happy happy was great in this movie um i always i always like seeing john and i i really liked kind of like his rapport with uh when peter uh when he uh when he had to come pick him up uh in uh in the netherlands uh i don't know if i'm the only one who got the batman begins vibe like the way that the plane landed and how he yeah. like, walked out of, down the stairs <laughs> and Peter was walking. Yeah. I was like, wait, that's, that's exact. And then even the way they're sitting in the chairs in the, in the private plane, it, it just really reminded me of, of Batman begins when, uh, when uh, Bruce is telling Alfred about his grand plan to save, um, to save uh, Gotham. So, uh, yes. yeah, I, I really enjoyed all those performances. Uh, the Ned and his girlfriend, I thought was, was funny. Uh, how they kept calling each other, babe, 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 babe. Like, <laughs> because again, that's what teenagers do. Like just to, to keep reaffirming that relationship all the time, babe, Hey, babe, how you doing, babe? Uh, so yeah, I, I do think that there were quite a few nice moments. Uh, and, and, uh, we also got a little look into flash Gordon and, uh, yeah. Why? Why he's such a dick that like his parents don't like him, <laughs> and his mother couldn't even be couldn't even you know come pick him up at the airport. Uh, <laughs> there's this moment. The biggest Spider-Man plan on the uh, yeah, Spider-Man that's, plan on the planet. Though. He makes Love me want to. He makes me want to be a better man. How you doing, Dick Splash? Like it was just like. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, there's, this, there's this moment when Peter's wearing the glasses and he's looking over at uh, Flash on his phone and he's basically texting his mom. He's like, hey, mother, I haven't heard from you and father in many, many days. I'm like, God, this poor... <laughs> Dude, that, that is so quick. You miss that yeah. if you don't. There were a couple of people I talked to that were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, do you even watch the movie where you Snapchat the entire time? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, it, it, was, it was so quick, but yeah. it was so great because you're right. He's calling the mother. Yeah, <laughs> he's trying to say like mom and dad, you know. Yeah, I know his family life is messed up. Yeah, so, so that, that kind of gives you an insight about like kind of why he is the way that he is, and you know, so so I, I do think I do enjoy. I, I like I I honestly really enjoyed uh, all of those uh, all of those dynamics with those kids. Uh, I thought that they did a great job on that end. Um, yeah, you know, I want to make a quick note. I I feel bad that I didn't mention John, but it's almost like I expect him to just do a good job now. So he didn't really stand out for me because it was, it was expected. Like he's, he was great. Whether you like Iron Man two or not, he was great in Iron Man one and two. Um, the little scenes that we got with him at Endgame and, and kind of how he connected, you know, with Peter and uh, with, uh, uh, not Peter, I'm sorry, with Tony's daughter uh, and everything. Um, I always expect him to be good. So yeah, I'll give him a shout out and I apologize for not mentioning him, but I, <laughs> at this point, it's just almost like I've expected it from him. That's, uh, are there any other moments that we uh, haven't mentioned yet that you guys felt stood out? Uh, uh, I, I think that's it for me. Uh, I, I liked, um, uh, who is the new classmate that uh, Brad Davis? Dave. Is, that the name of the classmate? Is, it, is it Dave? <laughs> the, the, the other one that wanted to uh, get, get with MJ? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a really funny dynamic, uh, especially yeah. since he was he was uh, he was one of the younger kids and uh, he he was not snapped, and so now he was in their class when they came back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was, was it Brad? I think it was Brad. It was Brad. It was Brad, or yeah, I think it was Brad. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Brad. <laughs> And I remember there were rumors when he was first cast that he was playing Shang-Chi, which I was like, <laughs> so once I saw him in the opening, I was like, Shang-Chi's not in this. <laughs> uh, Chris, what about you? Is there anything else? I think there's uh, the, the two scenes that, uh, that stood out, If you know, just talking about real quick. One of them, the first one we've mentioned before, and I want to preface by saying that if you hate the MCU, it, this is just an example of why you hate the MCU, I think. Um, but the scene that we talked about before where he almost killed Brad <laughs> right, with the, with the weapon of mass destruction yeah. is played. It's a great scene. It is ridiculously funny. His back and forth with the AI, with the artificial intelligence, everything about like you guys were saying, he's, he's sneaking and taking a look at what's going on with the, the other kids, cell phones and stuff like that. It's a fantastic scene. The energy is great. It's so freaking funny. That should not be funny. He has control <laughs> over something that could kill us all. It should not be funny. Okay, um, I just want to add also the genius of calling the AI Edith. And again, <laughs> Tony Stark being Tony Stark, even after death, like he just can't help himself. <laughs> even dead, I am the he I'm the hero. Even dead, I'm the hero. Like that's that's Tony Stark. Well, it's funny because you, you could chalk up that whole uh you know sequence to Peter being young and inexperienced. Uh, and and he always mm. makes mistakes, but man, I felt you like the game those that like that group of characters was constantly making mistakes <laughs> during time travel <laughs> to the point where they had to go back to the 1970s to get more pin particles. So I'm like, eh, yeah. even the adults in the MCU are constantly screwing up. I, I mean, I'm saying that giving the kid a 16 year old kid that much power kind of shows you where the adults in the MCU are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Besides uh, we're just, Jeff. We're just lucky that the Guardians of the Galaxy aren't in control because those guys are messed up. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine Drax with that? <laughs> or even Everyone's dead. The biggest screw up. In no, I didn't want to go that far. I didn't want to go that far. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go that far. Um, I, I, my favorite I part is uh, my favorite part is when he knocks out Flash, and then and then the girl's like, "Did you just knock out Flash?" <laughs> Flash. There were a lot of like, if you, if you watched it, there were a lot of those really great moments. You guys just bought a, a bunch of them up too. We were talking about you know the, the text message thing, and at the end, you know, the mom not being at the airport and all that stuff. The 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 very tiny part that I really liked and we touched on it a little bit before showing who Mysterio is showing who, who Quint is when basically they were talking about Spider-Man getting the blame and every, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And he was like, yeah, didn't he say something like poor kid or he's a good kid yeah. or something like that? He, you could tell for a second, he was kind of like, I didn't want to do that to him. Now we flipped because Mysterio is a dick, as I said. So he flipped and he was like, you know what? You're, you're in my way and I got to take you out. You're in my way. But for that moment, you saw that, maybe the guy does have a conscience, you know, he does have a conscience and you know, it, but, and I like the way that was played. That was a really good moment. And, uh, <laughs> the trick at the end, by the way, the very end when, uh, Peter stopped the bullet. Oh, that was, that was so great. cool. That was so it's great. Yeah. It's a great it's moment. So cool. it's, it, I mean, it was, it was a Mysterio moment. That's why it was so great. Cause that's, that's classic Mysterio. And it was a Spider-Man moment because of the spider sense, the tingle. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> it was neat you, you know one more cameo that i forgot to mention i that i loved was peter billingsley reprising his role from the first iron man movie oh yes yeah. yes yeah. you know the kid from a christmas story comes back <laughs> <laughs> i was like you know i never say... thought i'd see him in a marvel movie again and there he was uh. <laughs> that's great yeah, that's so awesome. that was a, a nice pay like you know a a decades long payoff. And and he's and he's still around. And I'm sure he's gonna pop back up again at some point. <laughs> I, yeah. I sure hope so. Right. So why don't we it's talk about uh them that great mid credit scene that everybody's been raving about and uh what do you guys think that the franchise is going from here? Uh Steve, uh you wanna get us started on that? I mean, I you know, I it was it was incredible and, and I've been thinking about Jay Jonah, who, you know, is such an iconic part of the, of the Spider-Man universe. And J.K. Simmons played him so well in those first three movies that, you know, who, who could have taught that? Who, who else can you picture in that role? Uh, <laughs> so, what, like, you know, when I saw that cameo, like, my mind was just blown clean off. I was like, this is... <laughs> how much more actually could it be? It got claps in the theater I was in. They, the people were like, oh, yeah, we're good. <laughs> just people just yeah. clapped. I thought it was great. And, you know, it, it sets up the whole Spider-Man or Menace uh, kind of storyline where yes. Spider-Man's a fugitive once again. That, like, that they're bringing that, you know, the, the, like kind of the repercussions of that, it seems like, into the next movie. Uh, so, yeah, I thought it was really cool. And I'm curious to see how, how it pays off in part three, if it pays off in part three. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris? I think that um, we can have a a larger discussion one day on whether or not some of these end credit scenes should be just part of the end of a movie <laughs> because the mid credit scene really felt just like an extension of the end of the movie, right? Yeah. Like they could have, yeah. and the post credit scene could have been the stinger in the, as the mid credit scene. Um, and so they've kind of conditioned us to expect this stuff now, which is fun. I mean, it's a, it's a fun thing to do, but 
this was one of them, like Ant-Man 2, and there were a couple of others, where you're getting a little bit of a peek into the future of the franchise with this. And uh, you, you mentioned it perfectly, Steve. You talked about it. it was really great having Jonah Jameson back and everything. This is something now that we haven't seen uh, in, a, in, in Spider-Man on film with him truly being a villain, or at least the world believes him to be a villain. And it also sets up that Mysterio might not be gone. He might have faked his own death. So it's potential that he's still that he's still around. They left that kind of ambiguous at the end. There was that. Did he make that? Was that something that he uploaded before? Remember that guy took the hard drive. His the the guy that was working under him took the hard drive at the end and yep. took all everything with him. So did he do it? There's a lot of questions that remain. And it him being revealed and outed as Peter Parker with Mysterio being seen as a hero is something that. They didn't play with it. And I know we never had Mysterio, but they didn't play with something like that in the movies before. So this is going in a completely different direction. This is not just going to affect Spider-Man. This affects the Avengers universe because Spider-Man is backed by S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Avenger, all that. So it's going to be pretty interesting moving forward what they decide to do with that. The second, the post credit scene, I know everybody that, you know, we, we talked about it before. I know everyone's like kind of like <gasps> about that. I don't know if it really changes the game. I mean, it shows us that Nick Fury needs a vacation too, right? Uh, and he's been out there. And, and so now he's out in space and stuff. And I think it was really, that makes me want to watch the movie now a second time and see what's going on. I'm also interested in why he's out there. Uh, you know, what, what's he doing out there? Is he working with Carol? I mean, what's going on? You know, so it'd be interesting to see what's happening there. Uh, and also to watch it a second time and just catch those little things that I'm sure they snuck into the movie that all of us like just missed it, you know? So I'm sure they snuck those little things in. Yeah, I'm sure too. I agree. Uh, I, I actually uh, thought both of the post-credit scenes were handled well. Uh, the first one really leaves uh, Peter in quite a pickle. <laughs> and, uh, it, and it'll be interesting to see going forward how he handles not only being outed, which is something that we knew in this movie that he did not want. He, mm -hmm. he wanted to, to, his identity to stay a secret so that he could keep being both Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And it looks like that's not only been taken away from him, but that he's been uh, cast as the nefarious uh, evildoer in all of this. And uh, it, I can't wait. Uh, I'm really interested to see in how, uh, in how that's played out. Uh, and uh, the last one, I have no idea what they're doing with Nick Fury. I have no idea what he's doing out there. Uh, but uh, again, like I think that the MCU is really good at making us ask questions and making us wonder what's coming next. I think that that's one thing that they've mastered, and that uh, they keep uh, they keep going back to that well, so so very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you're you're right. They uh, they they kind of dangle something in front of us. And if you're a fan or you're even if you're a passing fan, you always want to see what the next thing is. And this is something that they did with Spider-Man that really I think people really want to see because, you know, hey, even in the original movies, right, in the Raimi trilogy, you had Jonah painting him as a villain. But there were still people in uh, in NYC and the rest of the world that were like, nah, I'm not going to believe that crap. Spider-Man's my, you know, he's my guy. There were people inside uh, now, the Daily Planet telling him that's not, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like poor Robbie, man. <laughs> <laughs> Every everything was yeah, you're wrong. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, and also the fact that now Peter's a villain. Oh yeah, yeah, and not they're, just Spider Man. Exactly, they're synonymous, right? Yeah, it's both. They're, absolutely, and like Manu just said, it's now not just his his identity, right? Like the the, the Spider Man identity. It's who. It's him. It's Peter Parker. He, his family, his loved ones, everything, everyone that he's close to are now guilty as charged. 
Yeah. Like, I, I know that they probably won't do it, but one of my favorite Spider-Man story from the comics is uh, One More Day. And uh, this is this is how it started. It's uh, when he came out to the world uh, right, bo- during the, right before Civil War kicked off. Uh, yep. And his identity was out and his enemies came for him and accidentally killed Aunt May. Uh, and in order to save her, uh, he had to sacrifice his relationship with Mary Jane in order to... Right. In order for her to, uh, to 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 be brought back to life, so um, I, I, when uh, when that happened, my mind instantly went to that storyline, and because it is really one of my favorites, because uh, when I picked it up the first time and I read the title, I thought it was gonna be one more day with Aunt May, but it wasn't that at all, and um, nope. yeah, it's a, it's such a great and wonderful and beautiful story. Uh, it's it's really one of my favorite Spider-Man moments when Mary Jane. It's like, yo, we just have to talk about it. She's had a long life. Can't we have ours? And and mm-hmm. you know, and you just knew that Peter would never, never do that because it's a horrible decision that they have to make. Yeah, it's a terrible decision that they have to make in that in that story. Um, and you're right. I don't know if they're gonna go that way. We haven't seen Mephisto yet, um, in this universe, and I don't know if we have an enemy that can make him do that yet. But if they went that direction, that's a real deep story for peter parker man that's that's real deep so uh yeah i i would love to see them go that dark and see i just don't know if the mcu could do that story yet i really don't know okay uh well so uh i think we've uh we've uh we've we've touched upon um basically all of it uh why don't we give our closing thoughts and uh we'll we'll uh, head out of here um chris you want to be the first one sure uh you know hey i again this is one of those movies that for me didn't if we're just talking Spider-Man movies, wasn't quite as good as the best Spider-Man movies for me. Um, and it had a couple of things that we laughed at and I think we questioned uh, in this in this podcast as we were breaking it down. Overall, though, uh, highly enjoyable with great performances. The special effects, that, that trippy scene, <laughs> it ranks way up there with a wonderful third act that sets us up and sets Spider-Man up for the future. So uh, if you haven't seen it yet, You've just been spoiled, so hopefully you stopped at the beginning of the man who told you to stop, uh, and you didn't listen to everything that we that we talked about. Uh, but no, it's it's a good entry in the MCU. I know they, you know, Sony and uh, Disney have this little deal going on. I hope it continues, and uh, we get to see a little bit more of Spider-Man, and he's starting to grow into his own now and step out of Iron Man's shadow. And, and I, I want to see more of that in the future. Awesome, uh, Steve. Yeah, I agree, and and for me, this was my favorite MCU movie of the year. Uh, I thought it was such a fun, lighthearted, you know, Peter Parker story. And I was left at the end wanting more Peter Parker stories. And I'm so curious to see what they do with part three. I can't wait to see what villain they announce, uh, you know, as the as the villain in this in this uh, movie. And I hope it comes soon. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, you know, it's. It's lighter than than Endgame, although you know, Endgame had its had its comedy. But it's just a fun, kind of almost low stakes classic Spider-Man story with a great mm-hmm. villain. Uh, and yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Um, I I agree. I I really enjoyed this movie. Um, like Steve said, I I also do think it is my favorite MCU movie uh, of the you know of this year so far. Uh, I think what is it the last one that we're getting this year? I think so, right? It yeah. is. Yeah, unfortunately, it is. 
Uh, so I, I, I did enjoy it. I thought, you know, the, the performances were very good. I thought Gyllenhaal as Mag, as um, Mysterio was good as well. I think it's a good story and, and it's enjoyable. It's a very enjoyable movie. It's funny. I, I really enjoyed all the parts with the teenagers on their trip. Uh, I enjoyed the Zendaya, uh, Mary Jane, Peter Parker relationship bits as well. And uh, the, the third act is very well done, uh, as well as that, that great Mysterio sequence that we got. Um, so, yeah, I definitely would recommend the movie. I think it's it's a solid entry into the MCU. And um, I, I really hope that uh, we get to see more Peter and Peter out of Tony's shadow and and uh, a more fully formed Spider-Man in the years to come. Uh, yes. So uh, why don't you guys uh, drop your ads, or uh, and uh, we'll um, we'll let uh, the audience uh, continue with the rest of their day. Uh, Steve, uh, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You said drop my my what? Oh, <laughs> your your Twitter <laughs> yeah your Twitter I'm handle old. where where people can find my you. My Twitter wanna... handle, of course. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Hot and Nerdy 2000. Uh, do you want to? T, letter N, and then Nerdy 2000. Uh, do you want to plug Hot and Nerdy a little bit before we go? Sure, yeah. You can see my, my web series, uh, Pilot Hot and Nerdy, on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's about comic book nerds in the year 2000. All right. Before it was cool. Before it was cool. <laughs> uh, Chris, what about you? Count me as one that I'm definitely going to be checking out that series, man. I absolutely Thank am. You. Uh, you. you got it. Um, on Twitter, you can find me at uh, chart 6363 so it's C-H-A-R-T 6363 I'm the therapeutic guitarist because I'm therapeutic and I'm a guitarist so there you go and he's always wrong <laughs> and I'm always wrong <laughs> well, if I'm therapeutic I make you feel better go ahead <laughs> you were right about Affleck being a terrible Batman so. <laughs> oh. Oh. I'll drop that bomb as we're going out oh, oh. oh no <laughs> this Sorry. isn't gonna end well man this, 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 oh, don't worry well. it's all good it's all good we're all about different opinions here it's all good it's all good i was agreeing <laughs> not with me <laughs> i'm the one that matters here steven <laughs> my bad all good all good all good uh and you can reach me at man united 0710 on twitter you can reach the film exiles at the film exiles or the network at the exiles net uh thank you chris for coming on uh it's once again it's been a pleasure uh, um, I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, Stephen same to you thank you very much for coming back on I hope you enjoyed coming back because uh, I really enjoyed having you back I had a blast I can't wait to do it again okay great I'm, I'm always love to hear that you guys are, are willing to come back and, and talk about movies with us so um, thank happy. you everybody for listening oh Chris do you have something to add go ahead I'm just saying happy to man I'm really happy to do it I love what you guys do and uh, I'm happy to be a supporter seriously Great. I, I really appreciate that. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely have you guys back in the future. Uh, so uh, thank you, everybody. Um, enjoy. Uh, well, this is probably going to come out on a Friday. So enjoy your weekends, people. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Take care, guys.